You're listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a podcast all about pop culture that these brilliant ladies enjoy. So, heat up your kettles. It's tea time. Hello, everyone. I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea. And you are listening to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. And on this week's episode, we will be discussing the Netflix original film, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, which is a sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Which, obviously, like, we love both of these movies, which is why we're here, obviously. It is so stressful to say the name, though. Let me tell you. (laughs) It... It really is because, like, I don't. I'm like, what is the actual name of this friggin' movie? Because obviously they have to put the. It's like the title of the second book is the P.S. I Still Love You, but you can't just call the movie P.S. I Still Love You. So you have to say to all the boys I love before P.S. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a ridiculously long title. <laughs> or I just say to all the boys I love before too. <laughs> that's, yes, that's what I've been saying. Yes, because in the back of my mind, when I say P.S. I still love you, I'm thinking of like it's a sequel to P.S. I love you. Yeah, there's I don't know. I feel like there's multiple things it seems like, but yeah. (sighs) Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) okay. but like before we keep talking about this, uh, Chelsea, what have you been doing for the past couple of weeks? Been watching a lot of movies um obviously we're like clearing out a lot of our blu-rays and stuff so we keep making a pile of we need to watch this before i leave kind of a thing so one of those movies was the american president because we bought like all these uh sorkin movies basically so like a few good men uh the american president and whatnot so it was on our list and Eamon just got like the notion to watch it. So we figured why not? And then we did a back, like a double feature the other weekend uh, of seeing Emma in theater and then watching Parasite again. (laughs) The third time I saw it in theater. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was actually pretty fun. Uh, But then that got us, cause I told him like, I'd never seen, Emma the movie like the one with like Gwyneth Paltrow um Mm. obviously I knew the story but like I like kind of forgot how much Clueless is based on Emma like I knew it but like the whole time I just kept thinking of Clueless as I was watching it it's a modernized adaptation of Emma like it literally is the story of Emma (laughs) no I know but like like even tiny details are like very very similar like okay i don't know there's like okay like you know when like Cher takes a photo of all of them and then he hangs up the photo it's like obviously like with her getting like the painting done i don't know like i didn't think it was going to be like that close i thought it was just kind of like the general (laughs) plot but anyway so it put us in the mood to watch clueless so we watched clueless (laughs) i love Um, that movie I know if I, if anyone's listening to this going, oh my God, you're so dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I just kept watching Emma going, this is, this is so much like Clue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually like to talk about that, that adaptation of Emma, very, very good. 
gorgeous. So there's this one moment in the movie, and I don't want to like spoil it for anyone that hasn't seen it or anything, but like where something very snarky is said and literally the entire theater gasped at like, like the whole theater was like, <gasps> like, oh no, she did it. <laughs> oh my God. I can't. I'm seeing it on Thursday with Karen. It was re- like, I'm, I'm so curious as to how you like this. Cause it's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Like everything looks like a painting. Like the whole aesthetic of the movie is just pastel like oh it's beautiful it's beautiful anyway and then the last movie we saw which we saw last night was uh portrait of a lady on fire which is a french movie that's been getting a lot of buzz a lot of people were kind of shocked it didn't get nominated more for the oscars uh i think it won best screenplay in Cannes. is that how do you say that can film festival the French Film Festival. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. It won Best Screenplay there. Um, it's a Victorian, uh, I would say lesbian romance movie where these two women, like, I don't want to, like, give too much of the plot away, but these two women are, like, put together in this circumstance and they kind of, like, really fall for each other. But, you know, uh, she's, like, betrothed to another man and... They're not like, they don't technically, like they don't live near each other. The one woman is just like there for a purpose and then she has to leave. And it's just all these like longing, like burning looks. And like, obviously it's very Victorian. So there's a lot of like, we touched hands and oh my goodness, like (laughs) kind of a thing. And it's very, very French, but like apparently everyone really, really loves this movie, except the French feel like it's too tame. And I think that's just very like, <laughs> like French thing for them very, to say. Exactly. Very French thing. Um, but it's directed by a woman. And I think that that leans a lot to it because I feel like a lot of times those kind of movies can be very, very, you know, male gazy and especially like the intimate scenes and the intimate moments. Like I think they're done very, very tastefully and it's very artsy for sure, but it was really fun. It was really fun to watch. And then finally, after your suggestion, I started watching Cinderella and the four nights, which is a Korean drama with, uh, if anyone's watched parasite, the character of Jessica, that actress is in it. And she's so good. She looks so young, too. Like, yeah, she looks very young. But like, literally, like, the okay, I was watching the first episode today, right? I thought, I was like, is this a movie? We are getting so much content in this first episode. Like, I genuinely was like, is this a movie or is this a drama? I forgot. Like, I couldn't. I was like, there's so much. But like, obviously, like, they set up the story to give you, like, the full thing, but... If you love, like, the Cinderella story or, like, a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff, like, I feel like anyone who likes that kind of story would love this drama. It's on Netflix. Check it out. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I watched, like, um, was it? I watched it for the first time on Drama Fever when that app was still around. And Mm -hmm. then when that, uh, 
company went out of business. <laughs> like the drama disappeared and I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I got the Vicky app so that I could try to rewatch it again. And then it wasn't there. And then now it's everywhere. It's on Netflix. It's yes. on Vicky. It's on everything now. And I'm just like, all you're right. Like, <laughs> you're like, thanks. Two years later. No, it's, it's, I'm very happy it's there. Cause I was really like in the mood to watch, obviously like, some of their other projects like Eamon has been the same as well. He just went and bought two um, Bong Joon-ho's movies at, at HMV. Like he just went and bought two of them. Um, and you're like, Eamon, we're moving. Stop buying more movies. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, can't you just like get buy these on Amazon? He's like, no. So my, cute. my husband is the one that's like, he refuses to buy eBooks because he feels like it's disrespecting books. I actually feel that exact same way. I do as well. I've only bought eBooks like out of either like, I don't know, necessity or something, but it's just too much at the minute. But anyway, Katie, what have you been up to? Um, well, I made it through the week from hell, which yes was like it was like this foreboding week that was coming and I knew it was coming but it was just like so much worse than I had anticipated I guess Mm -hmm. so and it was a short week too because it was the week of like president's day so I like I had the like Monday off but it was just like four days of just awfulness so um work was insane it was super crazy busy and like a bunch of deadlines were coming up and like projects needed to be finished I don't even know it was just like a nightmare but on top of that my sister got a ended up having a kidney stone which made her extremely ill Mm -hmm. and we didn't know it was a kidney stone, so she, like, went to the ER, and they, like, thought that she was just, like, that, like, something was wrong with her, so they, like, gave her medication and stuff for it, and then she was just getting worse, and then, like, I had to, uh, like, drive to go pick her up because she could barely, like, function. She had a high fever, and, like, she couldn't really walk that well, so, like, I went and picked her up. And drove her back. And that took me like two hours round trip to like drive to her house from my house, mm-hmm. get her into the car, get all of her stuff, and then like drive back to yeah. my house. And then so she was here with like my parents taking care of her. But then she would kept running a high fever and like throwing up. So they like just took her back to the ER. And that's when they did a uh, CT of her kidneys because she said her kidneys hurt and her stomach hurt so they did a CT scan and uh, ultrasound and like more tests and then found that she had a one millimeter kidney stone that was passing oh. which was making her violently ill jeez poor Michelle so she was at yeah she was at the house for like a week off of work and then just like a week at the house of just being miserable so like that was on top of um my best friend (laughs) my bad week that was during my bad week obviously it was way worse for michelle because she was like oh yeah sick but um you know first world problems for me um my best friend and her family were coming to visit 
So, which was super fun. Like, I was glad I got to see them. And, like, they hadn't been to California in, a real, in like, almost a decade. And their youngest son had never been to California before, even though, like, her and her husband, like, grew up here. Uh, so they came to visit. But that also was, like, at the same time I was supposed to be spending three days in Temecula for a wedding. Yep. So that was, like, on top of each other. <laughs> so, like, Friday I, like, worked basically, like, a half day pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, like, my best friend came over. Like, we had uh, – she hung out with me while I, like, finished up some work. We went to lunch, got our nails done, hug out some more. Then she uh, went back to where, like – to spend time with her family and then I worked some more and then like packed bag changed my clothes jumped in the car and drove down to Temecula to where this wedding was it turns out it was a super like DIY wedding (laughs) yes like it was beautiful like they it turned out beautifully like I was so happy I got to go because I love Connor and Daria and I'm so happy for them and I'm really glad I got to participate. Um, I also helped, like, put a bunch of stuff together. Like, they were putting all the tables together. And, like, I brought in tables and set up chairs. Like what you and, did like... at my wedding. <laughs> yes. So I was also staying there at this, like, ridiculous Airbnb that looked like it was either used for frat parties or BDSM parties. Or both. Like, right. I don't know which one. Gotcha. Like. It was this giant house and stuff. Like, it was, like, great. So, like, a bunch of people were staying at the house. There were only three bathrooms, which was probably, like... Yeah. Like, when you have, like, 14 people staying in a house and three showers. Yeah, that's... Not great. That's chaotic. Yeah. So, the next day, day of the wedding, I got up, like... I just get up early. That's just what I do. Like, Joel and I were sharing a room, which was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) This is where our friendship has landed. It was really funny because I was like laying in bed. He goes, I'm going to change my clothes. And I'm like, bro, do what you need to do. He goes, I'm not taking my underwear off. Whatever, Joel, just do what you need to do. I don't care. <laughs> we are adults. It's fine. <laughs> like, it's just funny, like how far our friendship has progressed over the last couple of years. We're just like, I'm like, whatever, Joel, just change your clothes. I don't care. I don't care. I'm just going to go to sleep. I don't care. Yeah. Um, But we, um... I got up early and then like somebody made me avocado toast and coffee, which was like really sweet. And like her friends are really nice and stuff. So everybody was like getting stuff together, like fixing floral arrangements and lighting candles and putting candles out. And like we were doing all the stuff like at eight o'clock in the morning because the wedding was like officially at 1230 and people showed up at like 12. Mm -hmm. And then Jess comes over and she's like, what can I do to help? What do you need? Because like yesterday we set up the photo location, like the photo booth thing that we were going to have. So she and I put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Daria is like, can you uh, do the flowers? Because they had ordered a bunch of flowers that never got delivered. Oh, no. For their wedding. So there was no bouquets, no nothing for this oh, wedding. Oh, no. That's awful. So, yeah. So they had to buy. They bought all of the white flowers and greenery that they had at Trader Joe's and Costco in the area they were in. Oh my goodness. Well, good for them for improvising that. Yeah. So then Jess and I like took this giant tub of white roses and like flowers and stuff, took it outside and spent the next two and a half hours putting together the bridal bouquet, the bridesmaids bouquets and all of the boutonnieres for the, the groomsmen and the like, and the groom. Nice. 
They look amazing, by the way. So I have a future in floral arrangements. Possibly. Very good. It's not easy, let me tell you. <laughs> no. You did. You worked at a, a I worked at a, a florist floor. for like a month and they they let me do uh they let me do arrangements for about two days and then they were like, Okay, no. <laughs> not that I don't think I was terrible, just you know, I clearly wasn't up to their standards. <laughs> yeah. We it was really funny because we like put the bouquet together and like so like I was holding it and just as like okay it might be too wild like I love it but is this Daria and I was like okay well like take this one off and we're like doing this thing and like people would walk by and we're like Joel what do you think and he goes I'm a dude you're not helping and so we're you're like going to the house we like go into the house and I'm carrying this bouquet we're like where are the women where are they there was not a woman inside we're like Connor where's your mom she was out in the garage blowing up balloons Oh my goodness. So we like went out there and we're like, Connor's mom, do you like this? What do you yes. think? <laughs> cool. And then we like tied it and like got it ready and like put that aside. And then I worked on the boutonnieres while Jess made the two bouquets for the bridesmaids. Oh, that's so cool though. Cause like what an yeah. experience. Like you'll definitely remember that, you know? It was really funny because I kept like, I'd call Connor out and like hold up the flower like on his lapel and I would like look at it and I'm like nah the rose is too big and like swap it out okay you're good go away and like so I'm like sitting there and like Joel comes out and I'm like Joel and I'm just like holding flowers up to his chest like no this is not this is not great this is not great (laughs) and he was helping me like make the boutonnieres and stuff it was really funny and then like their photographer like which was like one of their friends came out was like snapping photos of us like making the flowers and stuff and Joel was, like, having a blast, like, just being out there with us. But meanwhile, like, Jess has got her, like, badass girl playlist playing. And we're, like, nice. Britney Spears and, like, Kesha and, like, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> just getting stuff done. Yes. But the wedding was great. Everybody had a great time. Um, cleanup was... I had a lot of wine. <laughs> a, gotcha. A lot. And I had a blast hanging out with Jess and her husband, Will, who's, like, amazing. And he wants to start a podcast, so he's like, I need to talk to you about podcast stuff. Oh, I'm like, nice. whatever you want, Will. I You're like, as you. long as I'm not on it, I have too many. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. But, yeah. Um, like, outside of that, like, it did Disney Forever is going really well. Void and I are having a blast. Like, we recorded two episodes about, like, Mary Poppins and Zootopia and our next yeah. episodes are going to be Saving Mr. Banks, so I'll probably cry on the podcast, so you can look forward to that. Classic Katie. Yep. <laughs> Just got to spread it around. Um, I went to the Stray Kids concert, which was super great. I mentioned it, I think, last time, because the next day I was going to the concert when we yeah. recorded. Um, but it was amazing. Stray Kids were phenomenal. L.A. put together, the L.A. Stays put together a video for them, which was unexpected. So when they were getting ready to, like, do their last song, they showed the video and they, like, sat down at the front of the stage and Chen cried. And I was like, no, no. I was, like, sobbing. I thought I was going to get out of the show alive. No, I stopped. Nope. Like, <laughs> Mimi and I were, like, sobbing next to each other. It was beautiful. Aww. Like they did a great job. It was one of those videos where it was like, Straight Kids, you be the world to us. We love you so much. You changed my life. You're where I come. You're my happy place. All this stuff. And like Chan was like crying and Han was like trying to keep it together. And he was like, did a great job of like keeping it together. But it was very clear that he was like 
on the verge of tears. And I think at one point he really did start crying. But like, but Bachan was like, how dare you? (laughs) This was not supposed to happen. (laughs) Yes. You're welcome. Um, NCT 127 announced their new album, but also they're like, we're going on a world tour and tomorrow our tickets go on sale. And I was like, I hate you more than anything in the world right now. I know. Oh, Am I going to that concert? Yeah, because Jay Hyun owns me, all right? <laughs> so I'm just going to accept it and move on. Oh. Um, BTS dropped their new album the oh. day, like Friday, which was like the day of like everything was just falling apart on me. And I couldn't even, I didn't even listen to the entire album until Sunday. I like, I felt so bad for you because I, I kept messaging you like very delicately, like, hey what's up girl have you listened to the album yet you're like no i've got a thousand things i was like okay bye just gonna (laughs) yeah i didn't want to bug you too much but like at the same time i was just curious as to like what your thoughts were (laughs) honestly like that last weekend was literally probably one of the first times that i like wasn't on my phone at all the entire time like I would like leave my phone in places in the house and just like walk away like my phone was sitting in the casino next to um like first it was Connor and then it was his brother and then it was Will and it was just sitting there and it was there for like two and a half hours and I would just like leave and like go do something else and be like where's my phone oh yeah my phone's over here with the other phones and I would just like pick it up no no totally understood like I like you had so much going on. I felt I felt so bad. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. No. But um yeah, the comeback was amazing and it's been it's been a whirlwind of like amazing things and we're going to gush about it later. Yes. On a secret project that we keep not talking about. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyways, and then I had dinner with Karen yesterday, which was great. We went to Chili's because I haven't seen her in in like a month or something. But yeah. Um, And then we're going to go see Emma on Thursday. Nice. So, yeah. Have you told have you told her I'm coming back? Yeah, they all know. Okay, just making sure. Well, oh, no, I. Well, yeah, I guess the the time. I forget who I've told because I'm kind of like. I wasn't going to like tell anyone until I had things booked, but. I told her that that you were probably going to stay at my house the whole weekend of the BTS yeah. show and that we should go like hang out together, like go get dinner. And she was like, and I was like, maybe Friday or she goes, I'm going to see the Buble on Saturday. On Friday, we'll hang out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, all right, girl, don't worry. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So clearly, like, this is the first weekend I've been able to breathe. Good. Breathe. Like, honestly. I even cleaned my room, guys. Yeah, girl. Sort of. I just sort of organized. I organized things into different piles that, like, makes it look clean. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Anyways. Don't forget to head over to thegeek2geekmedia.com to check out the latest episodes of the Geek2Geek podcast, Geek2Tude, Disney Forever, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob with Rob. And don't forget to subscribe to Capsule J and Toyota Power's Twitch streams so that you don't miss out when they stream your fave games, talk about nerd stuff, and then keep listening now to hear a promo from all the shows on the network. Hey, geeks. This is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, 
be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then! Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello friends, this is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch. And we're back. So, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about the Netflix original To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, which is the sequel to To All the Boys I've Loved Before. The long titles. Yes. Um, if you missed out on it, I don't know why you did, because of course you listen to every single episode that we release, always. Obviously. <laughs> You, you love us so much. Um, we discussed the first movie back in episode 91, which was no joke like two years ago. Dang. I'm actually surprised it's been two years. I mean, it hasn't been a full two years. It's September 2018. So it's been oh, like right, right. almost two years. It's been like a year and a half or something. Some okay. Business that makes like more that. sense. But also thinking about that that was episode 91 and we're like on episode like one. 50 something did you just wave at your husband yeah he was walking by <laughs> okay adorable shout out to even yes um anyways so we've been really excited about this movie coming out since they after the first movie did super well they announced that they were going to do a sequel it was just more like when yeah so it was a Valentine's Day movie. That's what they were aiming for with this particular one because it included Valentine's Day in the film. Yeah, which makes sense because Lara Jean is a big old romantic. So, makes sense. Yep. Um, Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about everything that happens in the movie. So, if you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers, go watch it. Come back. Yeah. We'll just wait. It's fine. I'll wait for you. Always. Um, if you don't care about spoilers, keep listening. I don't know. <laughs> you do As our you. motto. Yeah, you yeah. do you. As our motto goes, like, yeah. you do whatever you want, man. Um. Anyways, so we're going to dive in. Uh, this movie was released on February 12th, 2020. 
on Netflix. And it was directed by Michael Fimonari. I think that's how you say sure. his name. Um, and it was written by Sofia Alvarez and Jay Mills Goodlow. And I'm not going to list out all the people of the cast because it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, the plot. So it's a new year and Lara Jean, played by Lana Condor, and Peter, played by Noah Centineo, are no longer pretending to be a couple. They are a couple. I like how like R is in all caps. Yeah, they, they are. are. <laughs> and and as Laura Jean navigates a trove of official firsts with Peter, her first real kiss, her first real date, her first Valentine's Day, she finds herself leaning more on Kitty and Margot, played by uh, Anna Cathcart and Janiel Parrish, and Chris played by Mandolin Arthur, and an unexpected new confidant, Stormy, played by Holland Taylor. I love Stormy so much. Yes. Uh, to help her manage the complex emotions that come with her, with this new chapter of balancing a relationship and figuring out how to be her authentic self. But when John Ambrose, played by Jordan Fisher, a uh, Another recipient of one of Lara Jean's old love letters enters her life again. She must rely on herself more than ever as she's confronted with her first real dilemma. Can she love two boys at the same time? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I was sitting there in this movie watching it being like, she needs to be with Peter, but also. (laughs) Yes. But also, John Ambrose... (laughs) Oh, he's so cute. Like he is. I love the moment he walked in. I was like, this is perfect casting. Everything I could have wanted. I love him. Yes. Okay. So, what are your overall thoughts on this lovely film? So, when I first watched it, obviously like so excited to see these characters again. So excited to see how they were going to make me like invest in this love triangle because obviously like like Peter Kavinsky was everything. So I was like, how are you going to make me love another man? I do not expect to. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they yeah. did a very good job. Um there there was a little bit like maybe we'll talk more about it as we go through the plot there was to me something a little a little lacking from this movie that was that like wasn't in there this time that was in the first movie okay. i will admit um it just i kind of like we I, the movie finished and i was kind of like oh that was good like, there was just just a tiny bit something missing. I'll go more into detail, like, once we get towards the end. Um, but overall, like, did I have a good time? Yes. Did I love seeing Lara Jean again? Yes. Did I, like, love seeing her fashion and everything like that? Yes. Um, I think this movie was even more gorgeous. It was, you know, it was very well done. Um, everyone still looked the same because you know how sometimes like if a movie's filmed much later and like they're more popular suddenly everyone looks more glamorous and you're like oh okay (laughs) 
<laughs> but everyone still looked like they were from that universe and everything. So it was really good. But yeah, Katie, your thoughts. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I was in the same boat because like I didn't read the book, so I didn't know. I had no idea what was going to happen. I also don't think I watched the trailer either for it oh yeah so i knew for sure that obviously it was going to be a continuation of her story with peter of like laura jean with peter and that at the end of the first one uh john ambrose like showed up and Mm -hmm. i will say that them recasting him was the greatest decision they ever made because i think it was a white dude at the end of the first one i can't remember yeah it was just like that brief like extra credits thing where he like Mm. showed up with the flowers gotcha but anyways, I was in the same boat. I was like, Peter Kavinsky is everything. He's perfect for Lara Jean. Like, they're perfect for each other. And I was like, how could you ever expect me to love another guy? And then John Ambrose shows up in his all of his adorableness. And I was like, well, now I'm conflicted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know what I want. Um, because I was, I was watching with my mom. And I was like, but she needs to be with Peter. But, like... <laughs> I'm like, mm, does she? He's super cute. Like, uh, he was just such a likable guy. And obviously it didn't, it didn't help that like they were kind of bringing up a lot of things about Peter that were not the best, but like, that's a whole discussion. But I thought, I thought John Ambrose was very, very well written, very well cast, very, just a very good. Jenny Han, who's the author of these novels, like, she's an incredible writer. So for her to write such a phenomenal story that makes you want to cheer for, like, both, like, for both the people in the love triangle, because you're, like, so conflicted on who you want to be with Lara Jean. Yeah. And at the same time, you're, like, like rooting for Lara Jean to, like, you know to be her authentic self and all of those things. And it's just like so conflicting. It just, I don't even know. But anyways, um, so now that like Laura Jean and Peter are officially a couple, we're getting like first, lots of firsts. Like I mentioned in the plot overview because Laura Jean's never had a boyfriend before and she's never been in love before. So all the things that she was experiencing, like you recall from like the first one where she was like, I don't want you to do these things like kiss me or do all these things. She's like, cause I don't want all my firsts to be fake. Yeah. So, but now she's getting like the legitimate first. Like she goes on her first date with Peter and her first, like she has her first real kiss, her first real relationship. And she brings it up. She's like, I've never been a girlfriend before. Like, I don't know if I'm doing this right. And all of these things. And it's very like, I don't know. It's very sweet, but their first date was so cute. It was very cute. It was very like, it was very cliche in all the right ways, you know, and it was 100% like everyone, like everyone was talking about, like it's 100% like what she would dream up from the movies that she watches. Yes. You know what I mean? It was the ideal first date. Like he did a really good job. Yeah. She looked beautiful in her red dress. And when he showed up, he had that like, 
the way he looks at her is just like everything yes. is is like the biggest part of what I love about their relationship is the way he always looks at her. Yes. It's just like so much love and adoration for her. Like he just like adores her. And he brought her flowers and he gave a flower to Kitty and like all of this Aww, stuff. And which is like, like, that's what I love about Peter. Like he does, he always thinks of Kitty and he like very much respects her and the fact that she is close with her family, you know? Yes. Yes. And I just, it's so adorable. So they like go to this like really fancy restaurant and I love when I love when they hand her the menu. She's like, the menu is so big. He goes, yeah, bigger the menu, fancier the restaurant. <laughs> I can't. He's so cute. But like their first date like goes really well. But like there's also a lot of like Laura Jean is super insecure about her relationship with Peter. And you get a lot of that throughout this basically like this entire film is her like questioning things. And holding on to things and not being really sure about, like, her, herself, her position, her relationship, her, just, like, everything. Because it's big. She went from no boyfriend to dating the most popular guy and most attractive, most popular guy in school, who was also in a long-term relationship with, like, the most popular girl in school. And now he's dating her. So now she has to, like, compete with this, like massive amount of history and she doesn't know how to do that yeah because she also has history with jen yeah exactly it's it there's a it's it's very messy and i love the the line that she says where she says while i'm having all my firsts with peter like what is it what is it what is it that she says exactly she says i'm having all my firsts but he's had his firsts already with jen yeah you know, yeah. and it, it's, it is kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's hard because, like, what did she say? Well, after she went on her first date, right, like, it was so magical and personal to her. And, like, it was everything that she could have wanted in a first date. And then the very next day at school, it was immediately ruined for her because of Jen. Because yeah. Jen's like, I heard you went on your first date. Did you go to this, like, restaurant? She says the exact same restaurant. Oh, yeah, he used to take me there all the time. I thought that I, like, I gained so much weight from all the food that I ate there. She's like, if you expect to fit into your jeans by the end of summer, you might want to get a salad. And then just, like, walks away. And I was like, yeah, I was ready to throw fists, man. I was so mad. I was like, this girl. Dude, like, girls know where to cut the deepest, don't they? Like, this is what people don't understand, like. Girls fight dirty. They know what pisses other girls off. So they're just like, oh, like that would be a knife to my gut. 100%. Like that would be hot. Like think of, you know, you, you being in high school and like everything is all over the place with you emotionally anyways, but to have someone Mm -hmm. kind of mess with your mind like that and it's your first time doing all of that and you don't really know how to navigate that kind of world other than what you've seen in the movies like relationships aren't really at all kind of like they are in the movies or books and for her like Laura Jean's kind of like being hit with this reality but at the same time like having to compete with what she thinks is probably what's I don't know 
the the standard, the ideal, because she immediately starts being insecure about like, oh, okay, well, they've had sex probably a lot and I've never even gotten close to that. Like, am am I going to have to live up to that expectation? You know, and like, I don't know, that's a lot of pressure. I really liked the conversation that they had about sex in the car because they were they were making out and it was getting like you know intense and she was like she just straight up was like I don't want to have sex with you yeah like like I'm not ready and so he was like well he goes I he was like I well I mean obviously we don't want to like do that here in the yes. front seat of my car in front of your parents house <laughs> yes. because he was just like you're being ridiculous kind of thing but she like I love her what she was using like her metaphor for it was base jumping yeah and she also asked him like does he miss it because obviously like him and Jen had a very like intimate sexual relationship and Lara Jean's not ready for that and he was like no like I don't because he's with her. Like, he was very mm-hmm. honest with her about how he felt. And and she was like, well, you've been base jumping before, and I've never been. <laughs> right? And I love that when he says, like, if you want to go base jumping, I would love to be the person that goes base jumping with you for the first time. And I was like, get out of here. Stop yes. trying to make me love you more. <laughs> because he's very, like, I think that was the biggest problem about, like, I think Laura Jean went into this relationship with the expectation that he would break her heart. Even though they promised each other they wouldn't break each other's hearts. Like, she already had this, like, thought, I think, in the back of her mind that he was going to break her heart. And it was going to be over something related to Jen. And, like, she basically, like, caused her own thought to come to, like, reality pretty much. Yeah, she she basically, like, sabotaged herself a little bit, Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, Poor, I don't know, I feel bad, because she probably, in her head, doesn't feel like she's maybe even good enough for Peter. I was gonna say, because, like, so with Valentine's Day, obviously, like, it's her first Valentine's Day of having a boyfriend, and, like... They obviously at the school like went all out for Valentine's Day and like people were sending um, musical like a music like acapella group to sing and all that stuff. And they were watching it happen. And like some of the cheerleaders were like, oh, be ready, Lara Jean. Like Peter sent this to Jen every period. So I think what was happening is that. Any time that the relationship between Jen and Peter was brought up is that she put that as, like, the ideal, like, this is what's supposed to happen without even thinking that she's a very different person because yes. she brings it up to him and was like, how come you didn't send the musical Valentine to me? And he goes, well, I didn't think that was your style. And she goes, well, yeah, it's not. Exactly. Like, Peter is trying to show his, like, love for you and like his like do something special for you on valentine's day like 
with something that he knows you like because he knows you and not because he did the same thing for Jen. He's doing it differently. Like when he gave her the necklace, they were standing on the spot where she like fainted and kissed him for the first time. And like the necklace was super beautiful that he gave her. Mm -hmm. And like the Valentine that she made for him was also very special and very sweet. And like, it's hard because she's like very insecure about the relationship and Peter is attractive and popular. So he's got like the high school fan club that loves him and leaves him Valentine's. And that makes her question like, what am I doing? How can I date this guy? Like he's so much better than me. Whereas Mm -hmm. in reality, that's not true. Like he only has eyes for her only, (laughs) only, Get it together, Larchie. Yes. I mean, you can understand her insecurity, but there were definitely times like you as the viewer wanted to shake her and be like, girl, you are good enough. Just be you. Like, he likes you. You know? He likes everything about her. It it, it was very frustrating. It didn't help that Jen was basically like always there and kind of always reminding her of these facts and uh, I don't know. Yeah, and then, there's just a lot tied. And then in walks John Ambrose. Yes. And he was, I think what he was supposed to kind of symbolize was this like ideal relationship that she had built up in her mind off of like what she thought would be the best. When in reality, like even though she and John are super compatible and have great chemistry and all that stuff. There is no like spark between them, even yeah. though you can kind of feel it like simmering a little bit. Cause of like the way that she reacts. Cause she doesn't know what to do. Cause she's gone from like no one liking her to having a boyfriend, to having this other guy walk in and be everything that she had this, like in the back of her mind, this expectation of what, of the kind of guy that she thought that she would be with that would Well, he's also very similar to her. Yes. Like they have a lot in common. The whole reason why she even liked him in the first place is because they were both Hufflepuffs. You know, I think for if you look at the two boys side by side, John Ambrose is very similar to her whereas Peter is very different to her, but like that could nece- that couldn't that could necessarily like be a good thing you know like just like i don't know sometimes people who are very similar aren't always the best match because yeah. sometimes you know you need that bit of difference to help each other grow and i think that's what like makes peter and lara jean so like good for each other is that like they bring out kind of the best person in each other and they also like he's an athlete and he likes to go to parties but he also like loves spending time with her and her sister and like he was watching like the golden girls and 16 candles and like all of these things like spending time with her because he's interested in the things that she's interested in and -hmm. what he was looking for is for her to show the same kind of thing for him yeah because she also what like he wanted her to like be interested like come to my games support me like but she didn't know how to like 
do that because it was so different for her. Yeah. Ugh. But, like, the thing that got me, so, like, John Ambrose is just, like, a sweetheart, but also, like, Lara Jean was having the toughest time telling him that she was dating Peter. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, it was it was upsetting me so much that she, like, had all these opportunities to tell him and didn't tell him and sort of let him on, which was, like, unfair to both Peter and to John. Oh, definitely. And so when when Peter was like, no, I think I can help my girlfriend clean up when they went to the treehouse, I was like, dang! The heartbreak and disappointment all over John Ambrose's face was just, I like, know. heartbreaking. But, like, oh. that's when they had their first fight, and it was... It was sweet, like, that they made up immediately and, like, talked out their differences and stuff. Yeah. Then it just, like, escalated later. But... <laughs> like with John I will say that like the longer they were together I was like very conflicted about like should she be with Peter should she be with John Ambrose like I don't know but yeah there was like this thing where um they said that a, it was uh it was Stormy so Stormy is this like lady who lives in this um retirement community that's like super ritzy and very rich oh. like very much yes um but the actress that plays stormy i absolutely adore her like holland um taylor she's so amazing she's great in everything that she's in she's super funny yes um so that's where like uh the reunion between Lara Jean and john ambrose happens is between like they meet at volunteering at the same at bellevue which is this like retirement community but stormy says i think it's her that says something about like if a person writes you something like writes you a song writes you a poem or something it means they love you like they care a lot about you Mm -hmm. and like on valentine's day like peter wrote this poem for her and she thought he like had written it and she loved it so much and then she was like reading it to like saying it out loud to stormy and turns out that it was an ed it was uh it was an Edgar ed- Allan Poe. Yeah, it was Edgar Allan Poe poem that he like changed the name to Laura Jean. And like I was mad at her, to be honest, about how she reacted because she looked so disappointed that like he just changed something and then like tried to play it off as like that he wrote it but yeah. when in reality like that's not what it was like he explains to her like yeah i didn't write it he was like but you look so excited about getting it that i didn't want to like i couldn't tell you because it didn't want to disappoint you that i'm not like great at writing poems or whatever and i was yeah. like come on like he really like thought about it i was going <laughs> to say like the fact that he probably like looked up a poem and tried to, like, tweak it enough that it was special for her. I mean, it wasn't like he was like, oh, I wrote this for you all on my own. Like, he didn't say anything like that. She just assumed. Yeah. So that was kind of on her. Yeah. It was, and he was like, I'm sorry if you didn't like, like, if it, you know, if it changes how you feel about, like, me giving you that poem. And she was like, no, I still love it. So I'm glad that she still, like, loved it anyway. But I was terrified at the part where uh, John Ambrose was playing the piano. And, like, 
she came down and she was sitting next to him on the 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 stool mm-hmm. like and he's like playing this song and i was like oh my god please don't let him have written this song for her like i'm literally gonna die it was so beautiful <laughs> but like it was so frustrating because this was after um so like laura jean and peter broke up mm-hmm. and i will say that like she like got dressed up and was gonna go say like wave goodbye to him as they like got on the bus to go to their game, did you hear the song in the background? Was "Kill This Love" by Black Pink, yes. and it was killer. I was like, "This is everything." <laughs> yes, as soon as it started playing, I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> it was such a good song. It was perfect for that scene too. Like it worked so yeah. well with like her getting ready, and so she goes to the the thing and like ends up. Like, a lot of things happen. She finds out that the video that was recorded of her in the hot tub with Peter was recorded by Jen. And that Mm -hmm. Peter knew it was. And, like, Chris had shown her a photo. Like, she was looking for Peter and couldn't find him as they were, like, getting on the bus. And Chris is like, I don't want you to freak out. But Peter was with Jen this morning. And that photo was, like... Like he she had both of his hands on her shoulders. Yeah, it looked very intimate, yeah. mm-hmm. and so she immediately confronts him, and was like, "Were you with Jen this morning?" And he's like, also being very like non like, "Yes, I was." Why were you with her? Like, and he was like, "She needed me." Like she called me, but he's like not explaining why. So she basically just like comes to the realization that. He wasn't waiting in the hot tub for her. He was waiting for Jen. Yeah. And, like, when she showed up, it sort of was different than what he expected. Because, and he, like, tries to explain to her, like, well, we weren't really together. And she was like, you knew that Jen recorded that video and distributed it and you didn't do anything. Like, you didn't tell me. And it is just heartbreaking because she's like, every time my biggest fear is that you'll hold on to Jen. And like, anytime she calls, you go running. And what does that mean for me? And they like, it was just heartbreaking to watch. And he was like, you promised we wouldn't break each other's hearts. And she's like, well, I guess that's a promise I can't keep or whatever. Yeah. Which to be fair, it's a promise neither of them could have kept. No, because they were... It was a naive promise. They were headed down this road already because it was already, like I said before, like, that she was holding in the back of her mind that she was sabotaging her relationship, like you said, because she was holding this onto the relationship that Peter and Jen had, and she was holding that up as, like, as a roadblock for how her relationship could be with Peter. And the aquarium... That hurt more than, like, watching them break up, to be honest. I because I I think in her mind that she believed that they would get back together. She was just waiting for somebody to say something. Because she kept wearing the locket, like, the necklace he gave her. Mm-hmm. Like, she was, she kept putting it on and never taking it off. And when they went to the aquarium, she's standing there looking at the jellyfish. And he walks over to come talk to her. And she's holding the necklace in her hand. And she looks at him and she goes, oh... Did, did you want this back? 
And he goes, I guess if you want to give it to me. And then he like takes the necklace and walks away. I was sobbing. I was like, this is so just like, it hurts. It hurts so much. Yes. Because like she couldn't take it off herself. So he had to like push her her hair aside and help her. Oh, yeah. It's so sad. It hurt. It hurts so much, like, watching that happen. And, like, he, like, walks away, and she doesn't know what to do, pretty much. And I think she kind of has this, like, moment of clarity um, where, because, like, her and Jen used to be super close friends, and they, like, were all close friends, like her, Peter, uh, Chris, John, and the... The other dude, I forget what his name is. The guy that Jen is, that, that Chris is dating, who's like super popular and really hot, which is hilarious. The guy from 13 Reasons Why. <laughs> yeah, that guy. I was dying when he showed up in the wood shop where they were eating Subway and he's got a flower in his mouth. And, and, and Lara Jean just looks at him and looks at Chris. And she was like, so this is why you wanted to eat Subway in the wood shop. And she, like, yes. gets up and hands him the sandwich. And she goes, I believe this is yours. And he's like, thanks. And as she's walking <laughs> away, she looks at Chris. is like, you go, girl. He's so hot. And then he turns around and she's like, awkward. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it. so much. But um, they had buried a time capsule at this, like, um, what do you call it? Treehouse that was getting torn down. Treehouse, yeah. Yeah, it was getting torn down, so they went over there, opened the time capsule, and took all the things out. Well, uh, Lara Jean had put in a friendship bracelet that turns out it was a bracelet that she shared with Jen. And Jen was like, oh, I didn't put anything in this. Well, that like moment of like clarity that Lara Jean has, she sent a text that says, can you meet me at the treehouse? Dude, swear had no idea who it went to i was so scared i was like is it peter is it john ambrose who is it and then it was jen and i was like wasn't expecting that was not expecting that and i was very impressed with that i was very happy that that ended up being who it was because yeah lara jean basically tells her like the reason that we broke up wasn't because peter was holding on to his relationship with you it's because I'm holding on to my relationship with you. Yeah. And it also turns out that, like, that Jen did put something in the time capsule, and it was her friendship bracelet that she had with Lara Jean. Mm-hmm. And she's also honest with her about what's been going on, that, like, uh, her parents are getting divorced, and Peter's the only person that she knows that has gone through that before that's why she was calling him for help and like to talk to him all the time and also she mentioned that that peter really likes her a lot like likes Lara jean a lot that he cares a lot about her and that she means the world to him and i think that changes like that moment of clarity really kind of changes like oh well it's not it's like it's more me than anything that's the reason that like, our relationship isn't working mm-hmm. out. And then we have the piano part, right, with John Ambrose, which was very sweet. And he yes. tells her that the reason 
that he goes by John Ambrose, it's because Laura Jean called him that. Oh. I was so sobbing. Cute. It was so sweet. And like he really liked her a lot. And yeah. like they like have this dance at the old folks home, which was really great. They did a great job with it. She looked absolutely gorgeous in this dress the Stormy like made her put on. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> I love when she was like, Oh, so you wouldn't want to wear this dress I have for you then? And she's like, Give me that dress. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And like, so she and John Ambrose dance and then they go outside to go talk and they share a kiss. And her face after they kissed, I was like, oh my God, she doesn't feel anything. There's no spark. I was like, it's Peter. It's always been Peter. (laughs) Because it was such, I mean, like that kiss like the way it looked the timing everything about it was picture perfect straight out of a movie yes and yet she didn't feel it nope 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 and he goes you really i think he says like you do love peter or like you feel or she says it or something it's just like it's very clear that like their relationship will never go progress beyond just like friendship yeah. And I'm like sitting there like trying to be quiet like because my sister works third shift so she was asleep and I'm just like go to him go go to Peter please. <laughs> <laughs> and she like oh my god I will say that like I was legitimately sobbing at the way this like movie oh. ended. Yes. Because she like gets her coat like goes to like go out the front door and she opens the door and walks a couple steps and Peter's there. And he's, yes. and she's like staring at him. Like she couldn't believe it. Like she thought she was dreaming or whatever. And he goes, Oh, like you said, you don't, you don't like to drive in the snow. And I was again, sobbing like a, like a crybaby, just like in the corner. Cause I was like, even though they broke up, he's like, he knows she doesn't like, she gets scared to drive in the snow. So he came there to pick her up. Oh, I'm crying. That's, that's why Peter's so thoughtful. Like we saw some of his like ways in this movie of how he's not the most thoughtful, like where he always takes the last slice of pizza before like even asking anyone. But, like, these are the ways that Peter is very, very thoughtful and he listens to, like, very specific details. When he showed up, it was literally everything. Yes. Like, because he still looks at her exactly the same way that he was looking at her when they were in a relationship. And, like, oh, when she tells him that she loves him, I was like, God save me is so (laughs) perfect. It was literally, like... Like, you couldn't have written a better way for them to, like, come back together. Like, I was so terrified. I was like, please go to him. Run to him. Get to him. And then he was there. Yes. Oh. And then they have their little, like, kind of, like, kiss out by the the treehouse, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was great. And then the very 80s ending of, like them somehow being levitated up in the air. Like, 
it to me it felt very 80s right because like i feel like that like that was definitely a thing to kind of like end and then pan out in a very like unique way yeah so that was very interesting i was not expecting that i was like oh (laughs) it was perfect though it was a perfect way to end the movie and like like we didn't even talk about how dr covey is now dating the neighbor and they're like perfect for each other (laughs) Oh, yes, they were very good. It was very good. Like, that's... Okay, so, like, to me, my mild, mild, mild criticisms of this movie is, to me, it felt like there wasn't enough of the family. Yeah, there wasn't. um, To which I loved so much in the first movie. I feel... Because, like, the, the thing that I kept doing after I watched this movie is I kept thinking about all the things that happened in the first movie... And I kept thinking, I was like, so much happened. But in this movie, it didn't feel like that much had happened. If that makes sense. So I, to me, it felt like the movie went very quickly. But like, I, feel, I don't know. I feel like this movie only spanned a couple of months because it was like end of January. Because it was the Korean New Year that they uh, celebrated at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it was like January... February for Valentine's Day and then it snowed in March and then the movie was over. Yeah. It just like not even necessarily like with time but like just that I felt like there were so many events like so many like actual things that happened in the first movie Mm -hmm. that it didn't really feel that it felt like I don't know it just felt like there were a lot less things in it like and like there wasn't a lot of um kitty's character like there was but there really wasn't and there were a lot of nods to the first movie which was good but it kind of kept reminding i was like oh that was really good in that first movie (laughs) you know what i mean yeah that was the only like and like i said very very mild criticism is i felt it felt a little rushed but then again Within that year and a half that it's been since the first movie, they filmed two movies. So they filmed the second movie and the third back to back. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I it, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> and okay. also, like, I feel like Noah Cent- Centineo? Centineo? Yeah. Centineo. Um, I feel like he also did a lot of other things as well. Maybe, maybe he not. did a he did so many like Netflix movies because he was in like the perfect date and then yeah. he was in some other stuff like and so was she. I she think did a some couple of them were maybe filmed. Yeah, she had a lot of things, but I felt like Peter wasn't quite in it as much. And like like I said, there was just like this tiny, tiny, tiny bit of magic that the first movie had that I felt like was slightly missing from this movie, but like. The more I look back on it and, like, the further I look into, like, I watched this video that really explained just how, like, different the two boys were and how, like, John Ambrose was very similar to Laura Jean, but Peter was different enough that he made her grow. And there was just so many things that I, like, it, when I looked back on it, I was like, no, actually, like, it was a pretty decent movie. There were just, like I said mild things and it's it's always hard when there's a love triangle because 
I don't know. You're just you're sitting there going, no, girl, stop being insecure and stop looking at this other boy and go go to this one. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you were frozen. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. Um, yeah. It's just there were like, like you said, I agree about like the mild criticisms for it. Because like Margo was only in like two parts and like her character was very minimal. They FaceTimed with her and I think that was it. Oh, maybe that is it. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure like that genuinely was it. They FaceTimed with her. I think part of it is because the actress is in the the Pretty Little Liar spinoff. So it oh, kind of gotcha. makes sense. Yeah. Um like I said, like these are all very mild criticisms because I completely understand like why. Like why yeah. they were they were they were. Um I don't know. I'm trying to think of if there was something else. I feel like maybe part of the reason was that this was supposed to be a very, like, Laura Jean-centered movie, where it was a lot yeah. of, like, her self-discovery and, like, her trying to figure her way through this, like, relationship and her set of firsts while also trying to figure out, like, who she is and then deal with, like, the repercussions of, like, her boyfriend's ex-girlfriend and, like, that situation, because there were a lot of people that were, like, she didn't have a lot of time. Like, she had very minimal but very enlightening conversations with her friend, Lucas. And, like, Chris wasn't in it a whole lot, but every time yeah. that she stepped in, it was meaningful and, like, her mm-hmm. part. um, Like, her meaningful conversations with, like, the one meaningful conversation she had with Jen and then Jen trying to sabotage everything at the same time. And, like... Even though, like, her relationship with Peter was, like, very central to this film, but it makes a little bit of sense as to why, like, maybe he wasn't in it as much since yes. it was a lot of, like, her trying to deal with her emotions and growing up and being 16 and being in high school and, like, so no, in a sense, it makes sense. But, like, at the same yes. time, like, I would have loved to have more Dr. Covey because I just, I, yeah. I love, I love that actor so much. And, like, especially, he, I love, I love Kitty. I love the whole, like, family dynamic that they have. Like, I love the little, like, cute things they do for each other and their dinners and yeah. Thanksgiving was literally the most amazing thing ever yes like that whole scene i wanted like 30 minutes more of that kind of content (laughs) i i absolutely adore like love that idea of having a holiday in the middle of like the time where there are no holidays because and like her their mom's thinking is like it's unfair that two of like really like great holidays are super close together and the rest of the year kind of gets ignored. So they have like a fake Thanksgiving in March. Yes. Which is cool. <laughs> I love that so much. It was so cute. And like, I love that he like starts dating the neighbor. It's like the greatest thing. Yes. It was very so, cool. So funny. Um, I will say like a lot of what, a lot of what you were just saying kind of made me think that, you know how we always talk about with, romantic movies that the movie always ends 
with everything happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes, like, if you really think about that relationship, would it last past the ending? Because there's yeah. a lot of, like, problems that are, like, either with how the couple got together or with how, like, short of a time they got together. Realistically, what would hap- what would happen after that happy ending? And I feel like, in a way, that's kind of what this movie is, is it shows you all the realistic things that happen after that happy ending. Because, obviously, we got the happily ever after with them kissing on the field and like them obviously becoming a real couple. But then we have to see like, Oh yeah. Like what are the repercussions of that? (laughs) And I guess that's really good. Yeah. And also like we, uh, neither one of us finished the the book for this particular movie, but I do know that the opening of, the second book is the f- is the ending of the first one because at the end of the first movie she gives him the letter and they mm-hmm. like decide to be a couple whereas like at the beginning of the first book like they do go to the like the Korean New Year celebration that they're having at her grandparents house but she hasn't given him the letter yet like they're not an yeah. official couple yet mm-hmm. so it it seems interesting when you think about it that way that like they decided to do the super happy ending of like the storybook ending of like it being like oh my god they went through all the stuff now they're really a couple but like you never really see anything else beyond that like you just have what you think yeah. but this movie literally answers that question like out of all the things that happened in the first movie like this movie really highlights the reality of yeah. the repercussions of like them making that decision, like of them having that fake relationship and then choosing to be in a real relationship. And like, this is everything that happens after that. Yeah. And him obviously having an ex to deal with. It's like all the things that you would kind of in the back of your mind think that, Oh, well, how are they going to, okay. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just think about they, they ended up together. That's all that matters. Yeah. (laughs) Like you literally could watch the first movie and never think ever about a sequel yeah you know what i mean like you could watch the first movie and be done and be absolutely fine and satisfied which is i think the intention but um no i i do like the way that they set it up and i will say like there's a lot of things like because i read about i would say three-fourths of the book there was Mm -hmm. a lot of things that the book did that i thought were really well done and then there were a few things that I think the movie actually did maybe a little bit better. Probably because, you know, with a movie you can do things a little bit better. But um, if anyone's listening to this that has not read the book, I do recommend it. Because I feel like, especially the whole, like, anxiety about having sex with Peter and, like, whether or not she's ready... And, like, telling him that she's not ready, I thought, like, that was expanded on a lot in the book. And it was, like, really well done. And it's a conversation that I think a lot of, like, YA novels don't have as often. Mm -hmm. So I think it's good. I don't know. It was a conversation that I definitely didn't see nearly enough when growing up reading those kind of books. That's good. I'm definitely going to read it. Like, it's sitting out on my shelf to, like... Oh, yeah. Read. Like, I'm almost done. Like, I was so mad I didn't... <laughs> I wasn't able to finish it. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting. Like, I think... Like, 
I like John Ambrose in the movie, but I can like, I don't know. I like him in a completely different way in the book. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. All right. Well, watch the movie, read the book, tell us your thoughts. Basically, that's it. Unless you got something else to say. Nope, I'm good. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Tea Time. The show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes are available on our website, teatimewithkc.com. Feel free to reach out to us via Twitter or Instagram by using the handle at teatimewithkc, or you can reach out to us on Facebook on facebook.com forward slash teatimewithkc. If you want to chat with us in real time, you can join our Slack workspace or our Discord server. We'll include invite links for those in our show notes. And you can also email us if you want to at teawithkc at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and basically every other podcast app. And don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Geek2Geek Media Network by visiting geek2geekmedia.com. The Twitch stream subscription links for Capsule J and Troidal Power will be included in our show notes. And until next time... Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another cup of tea.